Most of the time, he talks it out with the voices in his head. Other times, he gets an artist to answer his questions, and you get to listen to it here. Welcome to Toad's Tunes. And here today with Mr. Riley Green. How are you doing today, sir? Good. How are you, man? Dude, I am. I'm stoked to have you here. We've been working on getting you here for so long, and uh, you're finally here. You're welcome to Stoney's. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. It's uh, it's I've, I've been coming out to Vegas since I signed my record deal. They took me out for a- AECMs, you know, and got to hang out a little bit. And I've never played a real show out here, so this is cool to me, for me to get a chance to come play in, you know. It's uh, Vegas, and uh, dude, what a not much of a better place to come and play at. And now the I'm, the room's great. The crowd, I mean, I'm just if, if people will show up and, and like country music, it'll be a good time. I can tell the venue's my type of place, dude. I, I like to hear that. We have a lot of fun, and I think that we set this place up kind of to look like a honky tonk, but kind of a clean one in a sense. Yeah, it doesn't smell bad, <laughs> but it looks like a lot of honky tonks I've played in over the years. Yeah, that's, that's good. Uh, you know, you got somewhere you got a big dance floor, place people to get and have a good time. It's, I'm excited about it. It's it's not always the nice room so this will be fun dude we pride ourselves on uh the experience that you get on stage and we love to watch people dance artists that that come through here and really don't pre-sell tickets or anything like that we always like to explain to them up front that people come here to dance but you tonight you're gonna have a nice little crowd up front which will be rad and we're totally looking forward to having you out here yeah man i'm looking forward to it dude so what's been like i just asked travis the same question what's been your highlight of 2019 so far uh 2019 well my uh those girl went number one, right? First number one on country radio. That was uh, congratulations. It, appreciate it, man. It's uh, it's one of those things where it's, it was kind of a check mark for me on something that I never really thought I would have. It wasn't really even a goal. I didn't think I'd sign a record deal. I didn't think I'd have a song on the radio, right? But to get that number one, that's one of those things that you know nobody can ever take that away. They give you a fancy plaque, you can put it up, and you always got it. You know, so that was pretty cool. I got to play the Grand Ole Opry in the last year. That was, you know, a, a big highlight for me. And Fun question with that. I'm going to interject. When you got there and you went in before, did you put your foot in the circle or did you do that I, when I you... Did, I waited, man. Because I, I went on a tour of the Opry once and they had the circle out there at the Ryman and I didn't go. I said, I'll, I'll wait till I'm playing, you know. So it's it's definitely a special place. It's, it's a reason that that place is thought of like it is. Right. Uh, also, I had my first major tour with Brad Paisley. I went out and... Uh, that was a, a really good opportunity because, uh, you know, I've, I've played a lot of shows over the years. It's always been smaller type scenarios. This is going out and getting in front of, you know, 10, 15,000 people every it's night. huge. Yeah. Do you prefer a bigger crowd? Do you like the smaller crowd? Like, I'm, I'm sure that they both have their things, but, like, what's your preference? Uh, I, I, I always look at it the way I do as a fan because I'm still a fan of country music, and I would love to go see Eric Church play in this bar. You yes. know what I mean? Or so would a, we. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, maybe you talk to him about it. Uh, but now I like the smaller, more intimate settings, and, uh, you know, it, it just from the songwriter side of me, I always like to be able to sit there and tell somebody a story yeah. and try to make them feel a certain way with a song. That's a good thing. So you, you kind of connect with them. It's a lot easier when they're a lot less versus the... I'm sure that that vibe of 15,000 people singing your song has just got to be unreal. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, I, I always say that if, if, if you can get them and win them over without fireballs in the background and lights going right. everywhere in a video board then you can get them with that you that's, know what I mean? that's I, I agree that's one of my favorite things about here is that you really don't have the opportunity to bring a crazy setup we've had a well, couple I, artists that have come through that have just dropped a couple things in and it makes it a little bit you know yeah i'm, I'm cheap i'm not i'm not paying for any of that stuff uh I, i'm lucky that i still pay a band you know right uh it's uh like i said it's just it's something about coming up from the clubs and, and like i said i played acoustic for probably six or seven years before i even had a band right so it's this is my kind of place without a doubt i don't think i'll ever get tired of playing these type of venues that's good and we'll, hopefully we'll stay around so you can keep coming back you were you were on a tv show yeah cmt 
was CNT that? called Redneck Island. Right. Yeah. Stone Cold Steve Austin was the host. Yeah, it was uh it was about what you would imagine a show called Redneck Island was like, you know. Did he smash any beers on his head like he does when he wrestles? He did at the very end. Yeah. yeah. You know, me and my partner ended up winning the show. It was a little competition show and you paired up with a girl and I don't know that uh I would do it again. Yeah. But I'm sure it didn't hurt. You know, I mean, I peeps, you know how it is. Everybody looks people up now on the internet and they Google them or whatever. So they go I'm, see the old stuff. Yeah. And I just figured if they mentioned that I played guitar on there and sang, somebody might find me. And like I said, I didn't do anything stupid on there. So I don't think it hurt my career. I think it was a lot better to be on that than like Bachelor in Paradise. <laughs> yeah. I'm not doing that. I'm not being on any of the Bachelors. So you wouldn't go on and play like uh, as a singer songwriter on there or you just, just not your cup of tea total? I'm not a reality show guy at all. I mean, I, I'd never seen the show that I was on. Uh, I, I I don't think I heard about it. Yeah, like, it, there was. Well, it was the last season, so obviously it didn't do that well. But I was playing in a bar called the Floribama down in uh, Orange Beach, and some guy came up to me during my set, said, "You know, I'm a casting agent for this reality show. You'd be really great it's on CMT." And I said, "Okay, well, this guy's drunk." Gave him my number. He called me, and uh, there know, it went. Yeah, and I, like I said, I, I put a lot of thought into it. I, if if I didn't have something to gain from it, I probably wouldn't have done it. Uh, and I was really worried. You know, I've never watched the reality show and thought, man, that guy looks really smart. You know, they make everybody look so crazy on there. So I thought yeah. if maybe if I can just, if I can act right, it might be helpful. I think that's why it becomes reality TV. And I think MTV did the best of that when they came up with that, whatever that New York or New Jersey show was where they yeah, just made Jersey everyone, Shore, yeah, right. they made everyone look like idiots on that show. That's right. But I don't know. I mean, it springboarded you. I mean, look at the voice and American Idol. And I mean, it, it did well for lots of people in that sense. Do you think that's what turned you into like really wanting to do what you do or? No, were you already I, I there? Mean, so I, I'd I'd probably put out fifteen or twenty songs by that time. I was playing bars. I was starting to build a following down the southeast. So I, I assumed that it wouldn't hurt. I really thought it would be more of an industry type help of me being tied in with CMT in some way, shape, or form. But I mean, I didn't uh, that I, I think that show aired in two thousand and fifteen. Right. I didn't sign a record deal till two thousand seventeen, and I didn't go to Nashville. I just kept playing and kept writing songs and. You know, fans eventually made enough noise that Nashville took notice. Do you still, you, you don't live in Nashville now at all? I live on a bus. I've got right. a place in Nashville. Uh, <laughs> I live in a bus. But I, I still have a house in Alabama where I'm from. I, I, it's about three hours from Nashville, so I get down there a good bit. College football fan? Yeah. Pro yeah. football fan? Which one's in, better? In Alabama, we're college football fans. You know, good. It's, we don't have the pro team, so I've noticed now everybody's a fan of where their favorite player from either Alabama or, Alabama or Auburn went to. Right. So Auburn fans are Carolina fans because of Cam Newton, and you know, Alabama's football team could probably beat a few professional teams. So right. They're 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 pretty they're pretty tough right now. I'm a Nebraska fan. We're in a rebuilding year again. I think we've been that way for about a decade now. But hey, but man, there's tradition over there. They were good for a long time. They were. I've been a fan since uh, the middle, like 1985, back when Tom, Tom Osborne was there. Yeah. And, um, I've been watching. I've gone to a lot of games, and uh, I almost went. So there's two teams I can't stand: Ohio State and USC. I believe it was last year you guys played uh, USC at Texas Stadium. Yeah, first game. I, I was like, now, now you say you guys. I'm not an Alabama fan, <laughs> but I, you know, I, I appreciate. It. I'm an Auburn fan. You're an Auburn fan. Sad, quiet Auburn fan. That's yeah. not bad. But no, Alabama. Uh, they they beat them pretty good. They there. did. And yeah. dude, how nice would have been just to be there and just been like, haha. You know, I probably would have gotten a fight, but whatever. I think I would have just went there and probably still worn my Nebraska shirt. But whatever. yeah, it's, it's uh, it, I like I said, I enjoy college football because of that. Is there's a lot of competition. It's hard for anybody to beat that much better than everybody else but uh nick saber and them down there have done one hell of a job it's tough to beat recruiting wise anyway i look at uh college football and pro football like i look at country music and bands these days i'm i'm 
You could ask me something about Reba. I don't have the answer for it. You talk to me about new music. That's kind of where I set. I always cha- champion the new music guys. That's like my favorite thing in the world to know that, I mean, Luke Combs played here. Pl- played here. He opened like Travis is doing for you, for Corey Smith. Paid him 500 bucks. I mean, that's how early we were. Yeah. And those are the things that, that I pride myself on to just sit back and say that, you know what, like, I would have loved to have you here. This be your third or fourth time, but yeah. I'm I'm not mad that that it's ha- it's happening now. But that's 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 the kind of thing that we love to do here. I was a I was a big Corey Smith fan growing up. Still am, and I I opened for him. I don't know how many times, but uh, I I think that it's because now, as opposed to ten years ago, there's so many ways to find a new artist. And there there's is so many ways that you can kind of champion a new artist and and have a little bit of a hand in their career success and that's by sharing their stuff you got i mean yeah. you know all you could do 10 years ago was get a cd of theirs and let your buddy hear it in the truck yeah and say you, you know but now you can do so many things and you can help them out on social media so without that i don't think i would have signed a record deal but that's also another way that fans feel connected and invested in an artist as opposed to just i heard him on the radio i like that song sure i mean and you look at something right now that um a, a lot of people don't do the avenue of buying a complete CD anymore. And I, I look at the, the pros and cons to that, but now I can listen to, say that I heard one song by you. It went number one, did what it did. But now I can go online and I can find out all kinds of stuff, where you came from, where you're at today, how you grow, what's coming in the future. I can talk to you, like it, that sort of thing. It's and I, making people fans of an artist more than a song. Yeah, most definitely. You know, and that's that's what's cool about it is, and especially for me, because I did things a little bit backwards, but having played all those little hole-in-the-wall bars in Alabama and Georgia and Mississippi and, and put out all the music and, and not had a record deal, all these people that saw me play all these times, they are True they fans. helped me get there. Sure. You know? So, I mean, it's not me just saying thank you all so much. I appreciate the support. It's, no, really, y'all are the reason I signed a record deal. Y'all streamed my songs this many times, and you came to this many shows and bought these many tickets, and, you know, Big Machine Records heard about it. Right. It's super neat. Um, You know John Marks? Yes, sir. Um, my, my, my favorite story in the world with him is Russell Dickerson's played here seven times. Uh, he sold the place out twice before yours even hit radio. Um, we like to think West Coast like that. We had a hand in that. Well, I went back to his CD release thing that he did at the Exit Inn in Nashville. Yeah. I'm upstairs. Never met John Marks. Knew who he was. He walks up. He's like, hey, I'm John Marks. I'm like, I know who you are. I said, I'm Toad from Stoney's. He goes, I know who you are. And huh. he starts talking to me about Russell Dickerson playing here. And I was like, that's pretty rad to know that you go back how many years, that's not a reality. That stuff doesn't happen. Oh, yeah. People don't, you don't have that avenue with the social and being able to share music. And do you, do you plan on putting out albums like... So we put out my debut album, which is different around here. It just came out a, a week or so ago. But, uh, you know, I don't know that they, they will put another one out. Right. I, really don't, I, I don't know what the future is in music release. I know that uh, I used to could afford to record about four to six songs at a time. Right. You know, if I worked for several months, I could record that many, and that's how many I put out. Record labels have a lot more money than that, so they can do what they want to. But I just want to be able to try to keep, in whatever method this is, music going out to people that are interested in music that I put out. So, right. I, I mean, I, my thing's like... After I put a song out, I start getting antsy again, wanting to put something else out. And I'm always writing, so it's that's my thing. I, I don't know what the answer is as far as are there going to be albums. I don't buy albums. I mean, I don't I don't go buy a CD at the store. I haven't gone to Walmart sure. to buy a CD since I was 12 years old. But I, you know, if I'm a fan of an artist, I'll, I'll go get their stuff and I'll listen to it. Right. I mean, think it's a nice. Do you listen Spotify, iTunes? What's your What's your platform? Uh, I, I'm still I'm a little behind the curve. I listen to a little bit all of it, but I'm still I, I go on iTunes and and buy the song. Right. You know. Uh, and I, that's one of those things I like to be able to go back. One thing about that is I'll scroll through. And I'm like, oh, I forgot about this song. You know. And that's if you got it. it to me, that's like having a CD case. It's a whole lot easier. It to is, do. and no one can steal it. And I'm I like I said <laughs> I came up in the era of the burnt CDs. And, Absolutely. And all that stuff, so. 
uh, I, I, I still, I don't have a CD case in my car, but I've got a CD case in my phone. Right. I think that's, that's the neatest thing. We go to the lake a lot and, uh, do that surfing thing. And Spotify has this feature where you can actually download so you don't have to have service. That's right. Yeah. And that's my favorite thing in the world. Cause I'll build a playlist just for when we go out to the lake because yeah. I lose service. And I, I mean, it's enjoyable. You don't have to sit there and burn the CD and get the music ready. I mean, you just do your thing. It's, yeah. it's so easy. Well, it, it, to your point, there's so many ways to hear a song that you've never heard and passively hear a new artist because yeah. it might come on because it's related to something that you sure. listen to. You know, and they start to. I, there's a new releasing that comes out that follows kind of my habits online um, through Spotify, and yeah. it'll send me like some days. It'll, it'll help you find artists dude, that you might like. Yeah, it's the best thing in the world because for me, I have a show on Country AF Radio, twelve to three, Monday through Friday. It's all new music, yeah. and so I'll go out and I'll. Just listen, and I find stuff that I like, and that's when I start playing it. Yep, and I, I like said that's. I think that's what the future holds is 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 people, you know, hearing songs of new artists, and I mean, yeah, everybody's gonna love a, you know, Kenny Chesney song, and, and those artists are not going anywhere. Nope. But the 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 times of hearing a song and liking a song because you're told to, I think, are a little bit changing because now you can go find somebody and you can, you know, you can, you like can be the first and you can be the first. Yeah. I think I would say this is the era of everybody wants to know about the guy before everybody else knows about him. First yeah. time I saw that was uh, Chris Stapleton. Yeah. When he blew up from whatever the award show he went and played on and overnight he's, you know, and I'm like, I just heard everybody going, oh, man, I was listening to him two years ago. I was listening to him. Blah. And they they were prideful about it. Like, they argued, like, no, I heard him first. Yeah. And I was like that. And there's just something cool about telling your buddy, hey, have you heard this guy yet? And letting him hear something, you know? Yeah. Uh, I, and you couldn't do that 10 years ago. No. you Well, you had to share it with him. Like, legit, give him something you that you burned. Or you had to hear it on the radio. Yes, or on, on the radio. And that's I think that's the, the frustration of it all. Is like, I go back... 15 years in my career in music, I used to buy out for a while the House of Blues here and take indie bands, bring them in there and bring these kids out to see what new music is all about. I loved doing it. And here I get to do kind of the same thing. I get to go out. I get to find the bands. And if I like someone, when we do our festival in the parking lot here, we have a main stage and we have a side stage. And I get to fill that side stage with all these up and coming guys that That's cool. that they're on so their you, way. I, mean, I said you have a hand in it. I mean, Dude, it's super fun. To your John Mark story, uh, I mean, without social media, this would have never happened, but Big Machine Records came to a show of mine at Joe's Bar in Chicago. Right. I'd never played north of Kentucky, and I was like, I remember being, like, upset that they were coming. I'm like, there's not going to be anybody there. Like, why don't they come watch me in Birmingham, Alabama? Well, or you kill it, there. right, yeah. And we went, and there was 600 people there singing every word, every song I'd ever written, and I signed a record. They offered me a record deal that night. Really? Yeah, and I mean, without social media... I mean, I've never had one song spun on the radio anywhere. So that's 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 right. A testament to what's going on right now and how it's still tough because there's a lot of music out there. But you you can you can make a living as a country music singer if you just put out good music and play right. shows at home. Yeah, at home. You kind of that's kind of neat. Um, I wish grandpas never died. Where'd that come from? True was, story. Kind of like a yeah, very true. I was in uh, my granddaddy Buford was probably the reason i got into country music he died in 2010 and i was really close with him he, he had the first guitar i ever played i sang the first song i ever sang with him like he just he loved music and it gave me a passion for it uh not in the sense of making a living doing it but just that's what he enjoyed so when i'd go over to his house that's what i enjoyed you know right uh my granddad Lennon passed away this this past february and i was in vegas matter of fact uh found out flew home uh you know, I me I, I'm not a big emotional guy, so I don't do a lot of crying and telling people how I feel. That's probably why a lot of relationships haven't worked. But I like to write songs about that type of stuff. So 
I sat down and started uh, kind of messing with uh, some ideas. I just wanted to write something to kind of pay tribute to them because they were, you know, a big part of my life. And right. I wrote the song. You know, my album was actually done. We already had a single at radio. And, you know, I like to play new songs at shows, so I wrote it kind of for myself. I played it at a show in Georgia. Somebody videoed it in the crowd, put it on YouTube. You know, a week later, it's got a million views. Wow. And I'm opening for Brad Paisley at these shows, and markets have never been in, and people are singing this song back to me. And I'm like, you know, I, I, there's another example. How does that happen, you know? Yeah. So I go to my record label, and I'm like, I think we need to record this song. We record it. Uh, put it out. It went to number three on the iTunes country charts. It's still in the top ten and fifteen every day. And people are just like never seen a reaction to a song like this. Right. And, it and now was, it's coming around again. It feels it, like it's just well. Now it's now it's on the radio. Now yeah. we swap singles, and and it's it's my current single on country radio. And the the craziest thing in the world is that nothing about this song was forced. It was fans going and reacting to the song, and it, and it's just something that I came up with about my two granddaddies. That's right. the coolest thing to me, songwriting-wise, is it's always great to have a hit song. It's awesome to have a radio station play a song, but to have a song that f- people run to, you know, kind of unwarranted, that's a pretty big deal to me. Dude, it's kind of cool because you, you get to sit on a stage and like you did. You just tried your new song out at a live show. I mean, you get paid to go out on the road, sing your music, but you have... Like these people will tell you what your next single should be versus having Without to listen a to a, a, a board of directors that say this is what you're releasing. That is the greatest thing in the world is the the, the opportunities we have today. We are overwhelmed with information. Heck I yeah! Mean, you can look at how old the person was and what town and what time of day if they were a boy or a girl who streamed a song and how many times like that. You Scary. Could, I mean, yeah. So I mean, <laughs> all that's useful. I'm sure at a certain point it gets to be a little bit much, but. Uh, I mean, I'm interested in all that, and I, I certainly try to use it when I when I write set lists for shows, and I even more so I gauge the crowd, and that's how I wrote songs early on. I'd go write something and I'd play it and think, well, they really liked this line, they didn't like this line as much, and that's how I shaped my songwriting was people in crowds, you know. Right. So it's uh it's it's nice that we get to do that in how we release music too. That's dude, it's so rad. The end of the year, you're going out on the road with. Party. I'm going out with Party. I've got some dates with Cody Johnson. Right. And I'm still on my headline tour through December. It's uh, the Get That Man a Beer Tour. Travis is going to be out with me. So, uh, yeah, we're, we're busy, you know. Dude, that's like the raddest thing in the world. I love to see people. I think I used to say this a long time ago. I kind of got away from it, but I'll get back to it again. I love country music genre because you guys all champion each other. It's I, it's like no other genre. Uh, so, I, like I said, I'm, I'm very new to the industry side of it. You know, I always played a lot of shows, but being a newly signed artist... That's something that I can truly attest to is everybody wants to know, like, oh, man, was this guy a jerk or was so-and-so whatever? Right. I haven't met anybody yet. I really haven't. Everybody I've met has been great. You know, the tour with Brad was one of those things where, you know, it's not a coincidence somebody has a career like that 20-something years long. It's because they're a good person. Right. And they put on a good show. And they put out good music. And, and it's, uh, you know, a great example. Brad covered my song, I Wish Grandpa's Never Died, put a video of him singing it out on, you know, Instagram. Wow. Called me up on stage during his set to sing it twice. I mean, you know, there's no reason for somebody to have to do that. They just, he, you know, he, everybody wants to kind of see other people do well. Sure. I think it's because they've all been where I'm at at some right. point. I went to uh, the ACM Awards a few years ago, and um, uh, Red Atkins was on stage. He won an award, and he was talking about um, how his first time in Nashville, he walked into the bar. There was two people in the bar, one of them sitting on a bench playing guitar and the other one behind the bar bartending. And him and the guy on the was stage... Kenny was, Chesney? It was Kenny Chesney. Oh, he's told me that story several Dude, times. Dude, it is the neatest, neatest... I'll tell you what's, what's even cooler about that story is he told me, he showed me the picture of them two outside the bar and they both look like kids, you know? Right. And he said... I wonder what he would have said if I told him that he, one day he'd be paying my son $150,000 to open for him. You know, right. Like, well, that particular night we were crazy. with, yeah. 
um, Thomas Rhett was out on the road with him. And you just sit back and go, dude, full circle. Like, like good people hang out in this industry with good people. Stephanie Quayle, I don't know if you know who that is. Yeah. She's not up and coming. I love her. We, ch- we champion her here. But she said something to me two years ago. She said, Toad, if anybody in my group treats you the wrong way or is disrespectful to you, you let me know because I'm a product of my environment. That's right. And if anybody in my group is bad, it's going to make me bad. And it was like, I sit back and I've had some artists come through here that um, they've been cool as shit, but there's been someone in their camp that's just a just a, just no bueno. Well, and it happens. But at the end of the day, I watch them from afar and I see how far they get. And the good people I've learned are all friends. And the good people, they keep growing their group, but they're all good people. Yeah, well, I, I will say that from from what little bit I know, there are some stressful parts of this job. All my buddies think I play guitar and party all night for right. fun. Yeah. You know, but it's there's some parts about it that will wear you down, and I can see the the issues that come with it. But at the end of the day, man, you got to realize we are playing music for a living. We're traveling yeah. around the world, and people are happy to see us. I always said I wanted to work for UPS when I grew up because I, I, everybody's always happy to see the UPS guy. Right, because they're getting something. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah. And, and at the end of the day, yeah, there's some stressful things, and sometimes people want pictures, but, I mean, hell, two years ago, nobody wanted a picture with me. So I think if you can take a step back every once in a while and remind yourself what you're doing, it's easy to be nice to people in this line of work. Dude, I think in, in, in this genre of music, the way that people respond, if you're not social with them and you don't interact with them, you're not going to make it. That's right. Not with social, because they're so quick. I mean... They're so quick to say good and bad. I think that's like the double-edged sword of it all. I think people are more apt to talk negative about people than they are about the positive side of things. But Well, look at the news. People like to talk about Dude, negative stuff. You I know? I mean, I, that's why I don't get on social media unless it's to post something about where I'm going to play or right. a video or something. But it's, uh, yeah, you, you, you've got to kind of know how to navigate it a little bit. And I'm learning every day. But like I said, at the end of the day, if you can take a step back and realize that people are coming to your shows, yep. singing your songs... You know, we're, we're in a pretty good spot. We've we've talked about a long time about um, from Loden, like to start working with an artist that we have a good relationship with after they've been here a few times and literally just start to document the whole process because people have no idea what today has been. They have no idea what today has been. None. What your band goes through, what this guy goes through, what just everything to build the day. I mean, Jim, I, Jim hasn't done anything today. <laughs> Jim, Jim's been napping all day. <laughs> He's been sleeping. But the attitude towards it is people just assume, like you said, you just get up there, play your guitar, and then you get on your jet and you go to your next show. And that's kind of the idea. But yeah, I'll go ahead and let everybody know we're not getting on a jet. <laughs> we're getting on a bus. And a year ago, we were getting in my trucks. So, right, dude. That's right. Uh, <laughs> No, nah, it's it's uh like I said, I, I like to try to complain every once in a while, but nobody wants to hear this. Yeah. We've got it made. We're it's doing a blessed well. life, dude. Yeah, you get to do what you love to do. And uh, I asked Travis this question. I'm gonna ask you too. The 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 first day that you woke up and realized that you were doing this for a living, and this is what's what was gonna pay your bills. Like, what was that feeling that you had? I, I was probably nervous. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's uh, there's when you're doing it for fun, and and I did for a long time. I still enjoy it. I just mean I had no visions of it being a career. Right. I had no worries of will I sign this record deal or will I sign with this company or this company or will this song go number one. There's a lot more stress involved in it when that does matter, and that is a possibility. So, yeah, it's I've been really blessed, and like I said, that first song went number one. But when you sign a record deal, there's a little pressure. You know, it's like you got I got to make the right decision. I got to yeah. go with the right place. I got to pick the right song. And if this song doesn't go number one, you go and put about two songs out that don't make it and. You know, you're back to playing coffee shops again. Right, so. and they put you up on that little shelf up there, and they That's own right. you, and you just sit. That's right. So I said, I, I can't complain about anything, but it's, uh, it, I would say for me, when it became a reality, this is what I'm doing, I started thinking, well, you know, it's, I got to get serious about it. 
Thanks for the time. Yeah. All right, all right, all right. That's the end of this one. Go ahead, roll credits. Recorded by Toad, produced by Toad, booked by Toad, voiced over by Toad. You know what? Toad would just like to go ahead and take this moment to thank you so that he doesn't have to go back and do his real job. 